Welcome to No Shame. We have this mad cock motherfucker on this weekend. Right? I've been I've been hunting you down. I hope you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Funny story is right. I was doing um, I was doing a talk. Well, I can't even remember what it was called. Was it not? Uh, social mind? Social mind. That's what it was called. Yeah. And I was backstage waiting at the come, and I've been trying to find this fucker for ages. Right? And someone walks in, and I'm like, "Hey, you, yeah, man, get out of here! Like, you, your man, actually, just walking and the running, and he's like." No, and he has a big handlebar moustache. Now he's a big lad as well. Yeah, he's was, a big unit. He's a big yeah. unit, and, yeah. uh, and I was like, "Holy oh, fuck!" Just that was embarrassing. Because <laughs> I went back and had a glass of water, and then about two seconds later, he was like, "Yeah, loves in." So That's I grabbed the bow with him, and dude. I put the something. I said, oh, "I yeah. thought you were him, but this is the real one." You should have said, "Yeah," because these are kind of Thank God you said. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on. Thanks very much for cursing as well at the very start because I curse a lot and I don't want to be fucking you know worrying about what I'm going to say or not oh, I thought, did, I did he? yeah, yeah he did I he said I have this motherfucker on <laughs> yes he's fucking cursed and delighted <laughs> I'm trying to stop him but what you're doing is amazing like, we get messages all the time about the idea of people saying like I've conquered something and I want to come on the podcast and talk about it and I have to say that's probably one of the the biggest uh, requests that we get isn't it from people that you want to talk about but what you're doing about it to me is not that people aren't genuine, but you you're seriously genuine to mm. me. You know, I could tell by the way you were just doing it. You weren't doing it for the sake of doing it. I I got I actually only got asked uh, about two or three days ago. I put a question and answers thing up on my Instagram, and someone said, "Do you think you'll be able to make a viable career out of what you're doing now?" And I said. I don't really know. I, I haven't really thought about it in that way. Like, you know, money doesn't actually... Money has never been a motivator for me. Never. It's why I quit my job. Uh, I, I, I was I was selling cars for a long time. I was making loads of money, way more money than, than I should have been making as a young 23 or 4-year-old, 5-year-old. Um, uh, and I, I it just didn't motivate me. And uh, it's still the same way with me now today. I'm doing this and I'm doing these mad runs and doing all these things because I want to give back. I'm grateful for what I have and I just want to give back to the world that, you know, has given me so much. That's, that's having you. you know? the world yeah, that's having exactly. You. Exactly. Do you know what? I, I, I do feel like that as well. People say to me, like, well, like, what is your motivation? What motivates you? And it was never money. It was never money. To me, if you, if you, if you set the, the stall up at money, You'll get money, mm. but then you would pay other people with that money to entertain you. Absolutely, <laughs> you know what absolutely. I mean? I, so the, much more past money. The more money you make, the more you're going to spend. Yeah. There's a buddy of mine, and they're working, making eleven euro an hour in a clothes shop, right? They got a job then in um, in a pharmaceutical industry and making sixty five grand a year, and they're still complaining that they don't have any money. Like, remember you knew you were you know, earning eleven euro an hour. It's meant. You were able to get by on that. Now you're earning 65 grand a year and you can't. Joe, it's like, uh, I'm, I'm doing this thing now. I don't know if you saw on my Instagram. Uh, I'm trying to change up Black Friday. Yes. I'm trying to change it up and make a give back Friday. So I oh, want really? people on Black Friday to get all, all their shit from all their house they don't want anymore, all their clothes, all the things that they don't want and give it to charity. Give it to charity shops or give some money to charity, right? Instead of going off and buying more shit to fill their lives up with give away something. We right? have so much shit in our lives, don't we? Absolutely, man. And what I'm doing on that day is I'm going to fast for 24 hours and I'm going to run a marathon on that day as well. So I'm only going to drink water, no coffee, no nothing, no electrolytes, no nothing, just water. And I'm going to, I'm going to run a marathon on that day and I want people to, 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 give, to give something away. 
to not bring any more stuff, no more things into their lives. Because Black Friday does show us, doesn't it? How how they can literally just like rally up this kind of mob for Absolutely. Teddy. I seen a picture there. In, um, I think it was actually Gary Rimley that had it posted, and it's a picture of everybody trying to get the teddies. And it's like we're truly fucked when the food runs out. Yeah, absolutely. Like, man. What happens if that's food? If people will kill each other for television? Absolutely, like, man. Uh, it's uh, it's just crazy. Like Black Friday is just one day, but it's a uh, it's like it's a uh, it's a symbol for the the consumerist kind of uh, you know society that we're living in now. Like nobody's nobody's truly grateful for what they have. If you're cr- truly grateful for what you have, you're freed from desire. And when you're freed from desire, you can you can actually get real contentment, real happiness. You know. I have a great line here. Look, when you hear this. Last night I came across this with Terry McMahon and it's about character, right? And I was right. reading it. It's a brilliant, it's about an hour long talk and he talks about the idea. It's like it's like he links it to uh, um, acting and he links, links why we watch theatre and how to make a theatre like um, like dramatic and stuff like yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah. And he says this, right? What is the definition of character? Character is defined by your objective. Objective is something, that is, objective is something and the thing that you want. What are you prepared to do to get this is where the character is truly revealed. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. And if you yeah. link that, I, I last night I had to listen, I listened to it about 10 times and I was like, that is brilliant. So say if we were talking about something like Black Friday, I say we were talking about something like you just said already about like, I just want to give back. Like mm. my saying is always, I want to give more than I took. Absolutely, I, I read that in the book. I've underlined it in the book. You re, you said that in a, in in a one line, and I was just it was one of those things where it's like, get the pen, get the pen. I need to write. I need to like, underline <laughs> yeah. that because that's the thing, man. You know, I when I started this whole thing, I started this like people are like, how long have you been running for? It's like I've been running for a year. You know what I mean? And I'm going to do these things because you know it, it's it's something inside in me. It's not it's not not the amount of miles that I've ran or the amount of training that I've done. It's something inside in me that's different. I don't even fully understand it yet. That's that's driving me on to do these things. But um, when when I read that line from you, I was like, that's exactly how I feel about these things. It's like, I'm when when I give back, it fills me up. Yes. You know, when I give back, it fills, when I meet, meet somebody, I I actually was out. Uh, I was staying with a, one of the lads last night. And I was actually out last night in their local. No, I don't drink or anything, but I was there just having a having a um, uh, an old Luke said. And this girl came over and was actually like, she's from Dublin and she was following me, I, you know, and I had no idea. Like, and she started talking to me about all the things that, you know, that she was hearing me say on my, uh, on my Instagram or whatever the case would be. And, you know, about these things I was doing and that how, how it had affected her in a positive way. That's what I want. That's you truly. Do you know what I mean? But what you're, you're truly, you're truly using social media for the for the for the right reason, there. Absolutely, absolutely. Like there's people, like you, and and you said this to me actually. I don't know if you even met, remember when I, when I met you at the sport at the social mind talk. You said there's going to be people going to kind of come at you. They're going to have deep pockets, and they're going to you know they're going to want to sponsor, do this and that, keep your head about you, and and to find out who's who's you know real or whatever yeah. you know. It's it stuck with me because I was already thinking that at the start because um, people have approached me for this and that uh, about this. Um, multiple people approached me about about filming the documentary, okay. and some people just didn't come back at me in the right way. Right. They were like monetizing it. Yes. They were like, "We can get this here. We can get this there." I'm like, "That's not the way you approach me on these things." No. Two lads came to me. Two young fellas. They're fuck, they're 23 and 24. Came to me. And they said, "Right, Connor, we don't want anything from you." This is a passion piece for us. We are we have to spend about twenty five grand to get the equipment needed to do this. All we want is the okay. 
And I said, if I give you the okay, will you, will, are you going to do that? And you're going to follow through with it? He said, yes, next week. They were there with a 16 grand camera Deadly. that they had just bought. These so, 23, 24 grand, uh, you know, 24 year old lads. Year old lads yeah. That's the kind of people that you have to surround yourself with is that, you yeah. know, they and don't, they, they want to give. They can you know? see how to, how to make it as well. Absolutely. Like, there's, a good, there's a great kid, um, Yaya, his name is. It's incredible, right? Mm. Um, he started off doing, a, he did a video with me ages ago, but now he's in, he's in Bali, he's running around, figuring out his life now at the moment. Mm. But he was the idea when I was foreseeing somebody, um, not like um, kind of scraping on the quality. So see mm. them two lads there, like they're lads that like probably, they understand quality and they Absolutely. understand what they're going after. Absolutely, The yeah. end goal. So that brings us to where we are. So you have an end goal now. Yeah. Where the fuck this come from? <laughs> Man, um, I woke up, Start of the year, first first of January, New Year's Day. And, Go forward um, that. Growing up, what was growing up like? Growing up, Jesus. Um, you grew up in Cork, obviously. I did. I grew up, up in Cork. Uh, I was born in Mayfield, and uh, you up the boy. Uh, and I moved to moved to the Glen for a sharp year. Oh, up, so the I, Glen. up to the Glen. Up yeah, to the I Glen. Yeah, I was talking to you about that. Yeah. And um, I've lived most of my life now in Glenmire, um, down just outside the city, like you know. Uh, growing up was a strange one, man. You know, um, I was. I was a very, always been a high energy person, high energy kid, and that got me in an awful lot of trouble in school. <laughs> I was never good at school. Um, I, I always just felt like uh, that, I, that, 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 even as like seven, eight, nine year old kid, that people were patronizing me. I felt like right. they were like, they were putting me. I remember, uh, you know, in like first class, I had this sadistic teacher boy. I, she, she'd always say, Mare out of veil, you know, finger on your mouth, you know? Right. And that's what you're meant to do when, when everybody's meant to be quiet. And I'd be there like this, just sitting down like this. And like, Mayor of the Vale, Crower, you know? And I'm just like, I'm not putting my finger on my mouth. Like, I, mean, I, can just, <laughs> yeah. I can just be quiet. Like, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and that used to get me in so much shit. She used to put me face in the corner of the wall every single day for hours at a time. And she'd ask me, she'd ask me when I, when I was standing up against the wall, she'd go, Connor, are you ready now to, to be good and sit down? I goes, no, nah, I'll stay here all day. I'll stay here all day. <laughs> Stop, <laughs> yeah, leave me bastard. here, I'm grand. And... I had that kind of stubbornness and I had that kind of like, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I, I, I knew even at seven, eight, nine years old that like adults had this thing of like viewing children as yes. children. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, just treat me like you treat everybody else. You know what I mean? I knew that from the, from the get-go. That all got me in an awful lot of trouble. And that kind of followed me through into secondary school as well. Um, so you took the hard road most absolutely, of the time. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I was the martyr. Like, you I was, the you know what I mean? I was carrying the true level. Uh, yeah. The so true level. Listen to your blood, boy. That got, that got me through kind of school. And, um, you know, like when you're, when you're a young fella, like you're a teenager, you kind of want to have an area of life where you have some success. Do you know what I mean? Where you're like, you know, some, where your peers view you as good yeah, and whatnot. I was good at that, yeah. I was average at school. I was average at every sport that I played and I was average, very average with girls. <laughs> and I was like awkward, chubby kid, like, do you know what I mean? Used to like crack a few jokes. And uh, I was always looking for this thing that I could, uh, I could throw my hand at, like that I was good at. And I remember going up to my first ever Thai boxing class. I was about, I was just, I was about, just about to turn 17. And I went up, Siam Warriors gym in, in Cork and Martin oh, Hogan gym. gym. As well. Yeah, uh, great gym. That one by Martin. Yeah, Martin, Martin Hogan. Oh, no, yeah, Martin. yeah. Great lad as well. Yeah, he's a great man, and he's like great a great man. ambassador for the sport for in the country as well. Do you know? Do you know? And he's just like he, he like he 
was like as you were saying like as well John about coaches and things like that he felt like an uh, like a, almost like a father figure yeah. all to me like even though my dad was like such a presence in my life like from the get go my dad is my dad was a soldier for 40 years I never viewed him as a soldier he was always my dad you know yeah, what I mean yeah. and he's my, he's, my, he, he's uh, well you're going to say he's been like that as well he's like uh-huh. shut up you you can't even fight yeah. when you're going to view me like that I'm like yeah. I'm going to like, strangle you <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, yeah. right what a fucker and I, I, my dad's a soldier he yeah. gets no respect we fucking for We get no respect from my guy. How does the dads get some respect around? I, I, I give my dad respect. <laughs> if I didn't mind giving him respect, he'd slap me around. If the man was a soldier for 40 you years, I mean? you should have been hot to yeah, his attention. Yeah, I was absolutely... Oh, here I, I tried to follow in his footsteps for years, man. Like, he's uh, he was he was my hero. And then when I when I met uh, Martin, he kind of took another, like, a sub-father role. But I remember the first time I walked in there, boy, and I just started hitting pads. And I was like, I'm actually picking this up, like, very quickly like yeah. you know um, and Martin was like what gym did you come from and I was like I've never done this, done this before and he didn't believe me like he full on did, would refuse to believe me we've had like, kids like that yeah and he's just like no he's like you, like what gym have you going to I don't want to have someone coming up here saying that you took someone from me blah blah and yeah. I'm just like I'm, I'm there like, like, yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. I'm there like your boys I don't know you know what I mean what to do, like, you know? and Martin's an opposing figure I'd say that was Absolutely, pretty scary like, you know what I mean oh yeah I was just this fucking like this <laughs> little kid like you know what I mean and uh, that kind of um, that engulfed me then from there I was just like my whole life was just high boxing fighting as in like everything that I I read everything I was there I was going into an internet cafe after school and fucking paying my five quid to fucking sit down for two hours and I'd watch YouTube videos of Raymond Deckers and all these boys and just eat everything up that I possibly could I remember reading a book called Four Kings from George Kimball fantastic book about the four welterweight boxers like of the 70s and 80s the, uh, Roberto Duran Marvin Savage. Hagler uh, Tommy Hearns and uh, Sugar Ray Leonard yes and the one that really stuck out to me was Marvin Hagler Marvin Hagler and I'm like a bang he's like a very like he probably wouldn't make a lot of money no because he's an imposing figure but he never he wasn't a trash talker or anything like that he was just like Get in, get the business done, knock him out or, 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 or win on points, like, or just destroy the man, take him apart. And what he used to do was he used to put himself into jail. That's what he used to call it. Like, you know, his training camps were jail and like he'd have, he'd move out of his house into this tiny apartment and he'd live in the gym and he'd never drink or smoke or no women, no nothing. And I was like, that's it that's the way I'm going to approach this now and I just used to live like a monk I used to never eat bad never drink I never I didn't go on a sixth year holiday I didn't go to college balls I didn't do any of that stuff like you know I was doing a law degree in UCC at the time and like I was on the opposite side like I was there in my law class there like with a black eye like you know sitting down uh, you know taking notes and they were surrounded by all these kids that have no idea about yeah, getting slapped in the club. face yeah, and that's do you know what I mean that, that thing that you said the saying there getting slapped in the face do you know what I mean like, Mad power in the idea of realizing that you're not made of glass. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, 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 when I, when I went in there first, I was like, I had seen all the Rocky flicks, you know. And I was like, going into fucking place to smell like sweat, and it was just like raw, like leather pads, like the smack of the leather and the sweat everywhere. And the lads going, ish, ish, hitting the pads and stuff. And I was just like, fuck, I lived it straight away. <laughs> yes, I love. And when I brilliant. when I got into that. Like, it was like almost like I was living two lives, you know what I mean? Like, because I, I was in college and I was surrounded by all these people. They were, they were really lovely people, like, you know what I mean? And all these people that would never have had an idea of the other side that, like, once the, once the lecturer said, yeah, okay, we're done now, 
I was walking to the from the south side of the city to the north side of the city and I was getting up to Siam Warriors and I was getting the head kicked in or I was kicking someone's head in <laughs> or so, whatever yes. it is do you know what I mean I was Brilliant. like do you know what I mean I was yeah, picking myself up down. off the floor getting thrown around the place and I was getting ready for fights and all that and you know there'd be times then like you know I, I'd have a fight and like I'd, I'd maybe I'd win I'd lose or whatever whatever the case may be and I'd be into college in the next week and I'd be limping around the place I got the leg chopped off me or whatever you know and it just I never had a I, I for, throughout those those years I never had a time where um where I took the fucking foot off the pedal. You know? Did you ever have a time in them in them few years as well that you you found yourself a uh, sad and sad? Absolutely. Did Absolutely, you? Were you sad yeah. during that times? I I during those times it was very very strange. Uh, it was very strange because I had so many positive things going for me um that 90% of the time it was actually great. There were certain times where what actually happened to me in terms of Thai boxing and what was my undoing about the whole thing and why it kind of came apart as it did was I made it not my sport, but it made it my identity. And I right, made it right, every right. single part of me. I made it mean so much to me yeah. that, and this is why I really got a lot out of your book uh, when you were talking about, uh, you know, about after fights or before fights or whatever. It was like, I'm literally reading my own life back to myself, you know? And I remember, like, um, I, I I look back at it now and I'm like, that's my last fight. Even though I fought five or six times after this fight, my last fight was actually against a, a chap called Paddy Douglas. He's from Ballymun, actually. Jesus. And, uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> Jesus Christ, getting in with that. And then they actually, he'd always have a crew with him for the fights. Right. So when he's coming out, they'd be all going, go on, go on, go on the Ballymun. And like, <laughs> it's, for, it's erupting. Like, we're in Cork. This is my fucking hometown. And we're getting drowned out. Oh, we're getting drowned out by, I yeah. swear to God. And they're down there like you're the fucking yeah, fuddlers. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I actually fought in Artane against the guy from Ballybrack. Um but like he I think he was living in Ballymore or something like that anyway, or whatever. And I won the fight and Jesus by the place erupted. Like it was just like I was there like and, and Martin was like, get 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 out of the ring, get out of the ring. And um but I remember uh, having that fight, like, you know, um I fought him for, for the Irish middleweight, light middleweight title, and it was a war of a fight, like as in we were kicking the head off each other like it was the last minute of the fight for the whole fight. For the fight. whole fight. Hate, I, when you see them starting in a toy fight, it's oh, fucking. When you when it starts early in a five three minute round fight and like you know you're talking, like, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do a toy fight. It's it, do you know what? And I was actually only thinking this. I don't know where I where I heard it, uh, but like they were saying like MMA lads saying that toy boxing lads are mad. Mental. And I'm just like, well, it's kind of it is kind of true because you are like your body gets destroyed if you before you get knocked it knocked out or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you're getting your leg chopped off or knee or whatever. Yeah. But I remember having in that fight and I was like and in the last minute of the last round I was get I was getting told push forward push forward I was like I boys I can't like I'm 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 fucking out of my feet like I'm done like you know what I mean I went out and I was giving it everything boom sparked out unconscious last minute of the last round of a fight I probably could have won I'd say on the judges scorecards that night man it was like it was like I had lost it was like I lost a loved one it was like I it was like someone fucking died explain it in the book like that do you know I, that was exactly what it was like literally like I had fucking lost and that's, I love and that's, why, like, that's when you really realise about fucking money and all that it doesn't really matter about no. all that because you're like you could have got a million quid for that and I know that I still would have been sitting there when I was talking about times of losing in the book that I still would have been sitting there yeah. depressed on my head absolutely man and, and the, the biggest <coughs> thing for me was coming to the fact and this was only this year 
I had to forgive myself, man. Yeah. I beat myself up way worse than anyone could have ever beaten myself, beat me up in the ring. And that was, I had to really come to terms with that, you know. And, and when I finished up that fight, it, it really, like, it took a chunk out of me, you know. And um, then when Thai boxing started to dwindle away, then as I kind of got up through my 20s, you know, when you have something that's such a huge part of your life for that long, something has to take its place. But it makes, uh, the fighting part of being able to look after yourself makes mm. you, uh, I remember him, um, I can't remember who, I think it was Pat Miltek who um, described it as, it's like you're the shark among seals. Mm. So it makes you a lot calmer. So you're mm. no longer like walking around, say, in a shopping centre thinking like, like they look bogey over there, they look yeah, yeah, like yeah. That goes, yeah, 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 absolutely. So, like, even I yeah. even say to people, like, just because you're fighting, it doesn't mean you're going to fight for the rest of your life. Um, I say to people, compete in the jiu jitsu competition, do something, right? Because once you do competition, it pulls away that fact and it makes you like that sharp yeah, yeah, yeah. sales kind of situation, absolutely. So, as long as you've walked that walk and you've felt that like the yeah. vulnerability and the camaraderie with your corner and all of that, kind absolutely, of thing, yeah, life is just easier. It is, it is. I, I still feel that, like, you know, from me doing this, like, you know, like the, the huge runs and stuff that I've been on, the toughness that that kind of takes, it was transferred from the fighting times because. I was always, when I think back on my times, like I've really thought about only this year really true about my whole time, you know, as a teenager and, and as, a, as a fighter and that. I used to always be the first into the gym last out. I was the hardest worker in the gym. When everybody was in having a shower, I was doing my knees on the bag. I was doing my, my extra rounds. I was doing this and that. The reason why I was doing that, it wasn't because I had the love for the sport. It was because I was afraid of getting found out. It was such a weird thing to 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 realize this, but I had this imposter syndrome that yeah. because I hadn't had that success in my life, when I had it, I didn't believe it. Yeah. I didn't believe I was good, even though I was winning like six, seven fights in a row. I couldn't let myself believe that I was that good or whatever. You I'm know, literally only getting that in the last few years. Do you know, like, it's, when I was coming up, I was looking at people and I'm like, "What are you saying?" Because I'm not seeing it. Exactly. Like sometimes exactly. you don't. Like and um, and just going back on something we said there as well. I think if you if you lose and it doesn't hit you like the way, it's like a death or something like that. Mm. Um, what are you doing it for? You're not, and you're not born for it. Yeah. You know, like if if you could make a living out of it, fair enough. Yeah. You know absolutely. what I mean? But if it hit, like to me, it was always about that. It was about like. Like the feelings that I was, I always used to say, buzzing off body chemicals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And absolutely. That's what I'm, doing. I'm, absolutely. I'm trying to get in there and get my high because I know that that's going to last for weeks. Yeah, I'm yeah. risking yeah. an almighty low. It's like a tightrope in a way. It's huge. It's That's the thing. You're teetering on a rope. Like, you know what I mean? Because like, I, I, I remember, like, you know, I, I'd remember even coming out coming out of fights that, like, I'd have clearly won, right? And I'd be like, did I win? Did I win? Yeah, I know. And you know what I mean? And you're like, you know, it's like, yeah. and, and I was like, Fucking joking, you couldn't And I'm there like this, and I get my hand raised, and then you get this, this like you know, I beat this other man who was pitting his skills against my skills. My skills beat him tonight, and that huge kind of surge of like this rawness. You could probably imagine that like thousands of years ago, like when there was like territorial fights between human beings. Like if somebody was to was to was to defeat another person, it's the same exact That's exactly, thing that goes through. Bang on what you're saying, you know, you're right because. When you enter into competition, your body doesn't know that's a competition. Absolutely. Your body thinks you're going to die. Absolutely. And that's what that euphoric feeling is. Mm. That's what I, I've come down with the it's same survival, feeling. Like. Yeah, it's like I live today. Absolutely. And your body's connected. I get to wake up and I get to, to, I get to, to eat again. Yeah, I get to exactly. see my family again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of this stuff. Because you see people, and what, what they mostly do is they, they win and they're like, ah, you know what I mean? To me, like I've never been like, 
the screaming type like that, yeah. I was in the type of like just really sucking in that moment yeah, yeah, yeah. and being like, what it actually means to, to win something or achieve Absolutely. something. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But I get the same feeling now I do when, when someone else wins or when someone el- or when I do something for somebody and I see them actually starting to land. That's because you're, you, that's because if, 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 just speaking from my own thing, you're after getting to a place with yourself. Yes. That allows you to do that. Because I, uh, even from this, um, from this year, um, I remember, I like, about two months ago, a buddy of mine who I went up through the ultras with, he went, he entered a 200 mile race the same as me and um, he ended up having to, having to stop after 100 miles because his knee was, his knee injury was too bad. He only did 100 miles? Yeah. He only did 100, like, do you know what I mean? Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> and like, the same guy was able to like pick himself up and, and dust himself off and he went into another run up in the Kerry Way like proper tough mountainous tr- um, uh, trek for 120 miles 200 kilometre race and when he crossed over the line man it was like I did it was like it was like my brother did it was like it, you know and I didn't it was actually something that I actually had to sit on because like I'd never felt like that about somebody else's victory before yeah. it was like it was like I'm after letting go of so much of my own demons or my own Ego. problems that I could literally like this is and I was going to run that run with him and I, and I decided about three or four weeks before and I goes no this is uh, his name is Mark Mark Amani I know I actually started Thai boxing with him when we were teenagers and we we're great buddies like we're almost brothers like and I was like no this is Mark's this is Mark's run and I was like I'm going to do what I can to help him finish and when I went down to Kerry we were talking the, the way we talk to each other is a way that you would only talk to somebody that you've been in the trenches with right. like, you know and you know yourself when you're in a fight camp with somebody and you're training with them every weekend we go there's a special kind of a Absolutely. bond there like you know and that's extremely important it's, it, it's, it's huge to foster that like and when he crossed the line I was like I was actually like getting welling up, like yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I was just like, this guy is like, because I knew what he was going through, and I knew that like I knew the two hundred mile stop hurt him, yes. you know, and I knew what it meant to him to to get that done, and it's only through this year and through this my own self discovery, like from the kind of you know from going like you know slugging pints at bars, trying to chase women around clubs yes. and 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 smoking cigarettes and uh, in in the smoking area trying to chat up girls, to really stripping my life back and like really simplifying things that I was able to to get through to the other side of what a waste of a life is this like what like and, and the mad thing is because we, we've all did it what you just explained there mm. the idea and the thing is we it's like a mob mentality mm. like uh, you get a big group of mates and it's like you gonna you gonna and they and that's what what they do and I always say to people don't waste your youth on the session like don't go from 19 18 up to 30 drinking and then trying yeah. to do something authority. Like do it the opposite way around. Absolutely, Spend your yeah. youth doing what your youth can do. Yeah. And then when it comes to the idea of you being 34, 35, go on the fucking session. Well, you know the mean? thing is is you won't even do it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you've like uh, like it's important to have those times too as well I think it's, uh, like uh, there's a certain part <clears> of me that I'm like I would love if people kind of st- decided especially in Ireland like you know I'd love if people took a step back from the drinking culture and all those kind of yeah. things but there's certain times things where you actually nearly have to go through that to see the forest from the woods you know what I'm saying yes. and I'm like if I didn't have my times, because when I when I came up through and I, I, I you know I found kind of my my identity in Thai boxing and that was stripped away, 
I had to, I was left with a kind of a, um, there was a void and a gap and there was something going to fill it and I didn't know what it was. But to be honest with you, drinking and partying and mostly women actually, and, and this is like, you know, just being, I'm always honest about every part of my life, you know what I mean? And like, to be honest with you, I found that like, you know, when I when I finished up with Thai boxing and things like that, something was going to take its place. And I never was out drinking and clubbing and all that kind of stuff. It was such a foreign air, uh, area to me, like, you know. But when I went out, and I went out and I started drinking and, and uh, I had just broken up with a girlfriend as well and I, and I started getting attention then from girls. That attention that I had gotten from my peers in Thai boxing and the attention that I had gotten for winning fights is the exact same, was just transferred into girls and women. And then that led me into this very like unhealthy relationship with drinking and, and pulling women and things like that, that is, it's the exact same core. It's the same core as, yeah. as what I was searching for from winning fights. It was what I was searching for when I was trying to like, you know, chat these girls simple. up. <clears throat> We're very simple as humans. Or like even when I go to schools and say, it'd be like anybody that does aunt, whether it's the tough guy, whether it's the quiet guy, they all just want a hug. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're so all say, the same. And I figured this out young as well. You think that like, you say you're running around and you're like different people every night or whatever it is, but you all just want to be with somebody, but you're giving away parts of yourself that oh, you man. can never get back. Like it's a, I feel like an old man saying this idea, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's a hundred percent true. Like this is the exact same way that I would, uh, I, like I'm 28 now and like, um, you know, I, I'm obviously, like, I'm in the fucking youth of my life, like, you know what I mean? And, and yes. same as yourself. Still, still young, and it's still like, do you know, it's like, I, 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 when I look back at it now, I'm like, I, I, I cheapened myself, you know, and I gave pieces away of myself to people all the time. And, you know, although I was never disrespectful to anybody, never disrespectful to any girls or anything like that, and, and that just wouldn't be in me. It never was. You know, I was raised in a different way, but it was just that, like, I didn't care enough about myself that I couldn't care about other people's feelings the way that I should have done. And it was like, you know, as you're using, as you're like using people, or you, and and you're also using yourself. Yeah, and they're using you too. And you've and they're using you too, hundred percent. And that led then to an lo awful lot of anxiety then around it. And you know, the only way of stopping the anxiety was going out and drinking again. And do you know what I mean? And some doing people the same don't want to be lonely. So, so even some people are going home from a nightclub. They just they don't even want to go home. And they just don't want to be lonely. And Absolutely. Like, Looking yeah. from an older head, it's like when you see these people floating off in a taxi, and you think that they're, they're going home to have this mad. Romping, they really probably don't. No, no, She's no. She's probably no. going to be getting sick for the rest of the night. Yeah, yeah. Catch a dirty home. <laughs> someone's making toast. Yeah, and someone yeah. falls asleep on the chair. Yeah, it's just humanity <laughs> by we're pack animals yeah. as well, I suppose. And another option, you know, so we just want, I suppose, that. Well, your mind is, does this mad thing where it's like, and even if you say, say if you see somebody driving off in a taxi with a good looking girl mm. to put in a nightclub, your head is like, he's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's probably not going to end the way you think of it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, another way of looking at what you'd be saying is that. We all go to this place to do the same thing and we get drunker, right? Mm. And what drink does, I, I talk about the chimp, but I said it Yeah, yeah. It makes your human go asleep, right? And yeah. your chimp is, so just, you've got these two chimps running around and they're making decisions on their own and they go home and they sleep with each other and they do whatever. Um, regarding like like the sexual transmitted diseases, pregnancy, mm. all of that stuff that can happen in between that and then the idea of like people waking up not, not wanting to do things that they they, 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 they made decisions to do when they Absolutely. were drunk. Both sides. Absolutely. Right? The human wakes up and he takes the bill. 
So he takes the anxiety. He takes yeah. the thing. And the champ doesn't give a fuck. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Dead. Yeah, he's... Roked out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And the human is the one thinking, like, doesn't want to pick up his phone. And the last thing you want to do is pick up your phone after a night out like that and hear, like, oh, bro, you want to see what you are like last Absolutely. night? It's like that it, scene from me, myself and Irene. He wakes up the next go, morning. Do you see when he goes into the toilet and yeah. fucking, yeah, yeah. yeah. Me, myself and Irene is a great, like, wait, if you haven't seen that film, check it out. Yeah, it's a great yeah. way of, Yeah, like, yeah, it's it, the, the human, two sides. The yeah. Like, like, I know lads that are like, Sure, he is a bull. <laughs> sure, it, like, don't move. They're like a bush, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden, you got a whiskey in them. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, they that's, grow. that's a great example of like, where that, that chip and I think the human hasn't managed. Yeah. You pour alcohol on the human, the human just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's just that the chip is out to play, boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to hillbillies? Dangerous, dangerous man sometimes, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And then you know? outside hillbillies, you're, you're trying to prove your worth to the world, you know? <laughs> <laughs> know? Absolutely, boy. We've been there for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, too many times, right? Oh, too many stop, times. Stop, like, stop. Oh, you heard, right? There's a great story where Will, uh, Will, um, Will Flory. Will Flory, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him, he's friends with my brother, actually. There's yeah. two, right? Four, 22 lads outside Hillbillies one day. I don't, I don't have a clue, by. Do you know what I mean? Is, yeah. never, never let the yeah. truth get in the way of a good story. We had him on. We were asking about, yeah. There's a legend of, uh, of Will meeting 22 <laughs> lads all together outside Hillbillies. All on his own, Oh, is that true? Is it? Yeah. Fucking yeah, true. yeah, yeah. So, when you're facing there, how do you get into this? You're, you're going to sign a piece of paper that says, I'm going to run 100 miles. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm more. I, 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 that was like, um, when I kind of started to go through the ultra things, it was like, again, I was like searching for But something. did you not just do like a marathon first? I did a marathon, yeah. I did my oh. first marathon in 2018. And... The first marathon was in 2018? Yeah. It's like... It's like nearly 2020, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're doing four even a day, basically, when you're doing a 100 mile thing, isn't it? When yeah, you're, you're doing, you're doing like, you're doing about four, just under four marathons back to back. Fucking struggle to run the shop. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's meant like, even when I'm looking back on it, if this was two years ago and I'm talking to me, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? But it was like, what, what actually happened was when I, when I was going through, as I was saying to you there about all the times I'd like going out and drinking and all these things, they were just putting me into this like depressive state. That's why I'm doing all this work for Paid House. Was, it was putting me into these like ultra depressive states, very, very anxious. No one would have even knew about it because I never talked to anyone about it. I never you know, would share that part of my life with someone because I had this guilt about it as well. There's a part of my book and I talk about this as well. Yeah. And the other thing is, I didn't even know at the time. Yeah. Like, a lot of this sadness and a lot of this stuff happens when you don't even know what you, Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you're, you're not able to feed into it at the time because yeah. your, your, your mind and your life is probably going at 100 miles an hour and you're not really sitting down and kind of going, what is going on? Do you know what I mean? You're not asking yourself those questions because yeah. I was, when I, the, the big thing really, Paddy, like that, that, that set this whole thing in motion about me getting into this was and, and me like really fucking scratching the surface and seeing what was underneath, what was actually inside in Conor O'Keefe was I switched up the question that I was asking myself, right? I was always asking, and this was something that I didn't even realise until afterwards was I was always asking how. How am I gonna how am I gonna change? How am I gonna get my life on track? How am I gonna get back to where I was? Or how am I going to like have this this place where I can just be right here? And I changed that question. I changed it from how to why. Why do I wanna do it? Why do I wanna keep going? There's been times when I thought about not keeping going and 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 and, and finishing it. 
And I was like, why do you want to keep going? Why do you want to... Are you talking about running there or are you talking about life? I'm talking about life. I'm talking about everything. Because... That's deep shit, you know what? But the thing is, a lot of people like, feel this, you know what I mean? Yeah. At times, and they don't say it, you know Absolutely. what I mean? And they, to me, they're the people that I'm always watching out for. There's a place yeah. up my way, right? It's at the... Uh, um, Amazing! It's called Safe Talker, right? Mm. And they, they've made. I'm actually going to do one of their courses. Soon. Yeah, brilliant! Right? Yeah. So the guy in my housing estate, um, Jeff O'Toole, came up with this. Along with another few of them, um, Frank Stacy and stuff like that. Mm. Right? Was, I, think, I don't know the numbers 100, percent but I think it was like 44 people had died by suicide. Mm. Um, and then it uh, over the years since this has been introduced, the barman has the course, so it's like a literally like a CPR in a way. But yes. it's safe talk, so the barman has it. The barman has talked to like twenty people and saved them. You know what I mean? Up in the Jobstown house, um, you have. I'm gonna get him on, I am, but uh, amazing. I went and did a talk room the other day. But the idea of being able to see this, mm. like having the ability to be able to recognise what's actually going, on, and not only that, but then out the what to do when this does happen. It's it's the self awareness part of it. Like actually was almost retrospective. It hap- it it happened, and then I thought about it. Like when I, because the the big thing about it was when I changed up the question from how to why was I wasn't asking anybody else to to, right, yeah. to uh, yeah. how was it was a question that multiple people could answer. Yes, and I was searching for this outside motivation, and I was searching for somebody else who was going to pull me out of this. Someone was going to give me the answer to pull me out of what I was into. When I was asking myself why, I wasn't looking for motivation anymore. I wasn't looking for that. I was looking for meaning. Yes. I was looking for purpose. I was looking for something that, when uh, what I, the way I would explain it to people in terms of physical manifestation about the way that it happens when I'm doing running is motivation. When your alarm is going off at half four in the morning and it's February and it's freezing cold and you're lying in your bed, right, and you're nice and warm here, but your face is cold because the room is cold. Your alarm is going off and it's half four. And you go over and you pick up the phone. Motivation silences the alarm. It sets it for seven o'clock and it puts it down and it turns over because it's too cold. If you have meaning and you have purpose in your life, you hear that alarm, you pick up, you stop the alarm, you swing your legs around, you put your feet on the ground. You might sit there for five, ten minutes and you might gather yourself, but you're going to get up you're going to put your running gear on, you're going to lace up your runners and you're going to get out on the road because it's not, nobody's inside in that room watching me. Nobody's in there telling me what to do. It's my own internal fight with my mind and I still have it on those mornings when I wake up half four or five o'clock in the morning and people wonder, why do you, why do you get up at half four or five o'clock in the morning? Like, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're having your days off, you know what I mean? If you've nothing else for the rest of the day, it's like, that's not what it's about. I'm not training my legs. I'm not training my lungs. I'm training my head. I'm training my mind mm-hmm. that when it gets into that uncomfortable position, it's like, oh, we've been here before. We've been here a hundred times before. That was quite like what I read out with the character thing at the start there, if you say, mm. like, so, um, the, your plan is what you want. Yes. And your character is what truly defines it. Absolutely. You get it? So that, Absolutely. that moment right there and what yeah. you're talking about is the character that turns the phone off and rolls over. 100%. And then spends his day flicking through Facebook and looking at what everyone else is doing, moaning about life. Yeah. Not only that, maybe maybe messaging someone like you now saying, you're a prick, who do you think you are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that that guy on the left and then the right, the other right guy is the guy that gets up? Same person though. Absolutely. Same person. There is the two people. I I say this, you know, like that's what I was saying about you were saying about the human and the chimp. 
I feel like it's actually, and this is so weird, it's the chimp in me that gets out running because that's, I get a, a like whenever I do actually, there's always that, there's always that voice. You're never going to fully get rid of it, but that's, I never want to get rid of it because I want to be able to fight him every day and win. Of course, win. yes. You know, it doesn't that, that voice he that says, you know what, we'll set it there for seven o'clock when I work until late. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That voice, I always wanted to be there because I always wanted him to fuck off. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, look, Kenny's fuck yeah, up. Sorry, do you want to you fuck up? Because yeah, <laughs> I, I want him there because he'll be there 20 marathons in when I'm doing yeah. this, 25 marathons in. Then he'll tell me, Connor, you're done. Like, And I'll have to tell him, you can fuck off now again because I've already told you a million times to jog on. I love this. And when that's when that when you train yourself to do that, it's, li- it's not like running and, and, and like going out for a nice, you know, long run after work or whatever. This is... I am, I'm after running three half marathons in a row and I'm getting out now for my fourth and I'm, it's half four in the morning. I've had four hours sleep and I'm getting up and I'm lacing up my runners and I can barely get off the bed, but I'm going to run 21 kilometers. That, when you say that to yourself over and over again, when it gets to the tough, tough shit times, this is what happened to me when, in the 200 mile race in May I, I, I ran a 200 mile race and like I had no expectation you know coming into the thing I had no expectation of I'm going to win or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that or I might get to 150 miles I had nothing I just literally was like all I fucking knew was I was going to be on the start line I didn't know if I was going to be on the finish line but I knew I was going to be on the start line I was going to be there and everybody else around me as far as I was concerned was equal and we were all going to try and do it together but what happened was, there's lads there that have been ultra running for 10 years. I had four months training now, right? You look like thing. Declan Moffat. Did you ever see Tommy Terrence, mate? No, I don't know. Declan Moffat. Yeah. From Glen Mary. How's it going, boys? Pleased to meet you. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> he wanted, he's like, all the other lads are down the back. He walks yeah, yeah, in the front yeah. in a saw doctor's t shirt with the arms cut off. Aerodynamic purposes. <laughs> That's boy. exactly the way I am. I'm the rest of the lucky one. I'm, the rest of lucky. I'm this lanky fella with the mustache going around the place talking you to You are Declan Moffat. I'm telling you now. Sorry, we're only just a hardy day, but he's no, like. No, you're good, you're good. He's like, Joe's here and he's got the two um, um, uh, Canyon lads beside him. It's like they're running beside him and he's like, Declan falls off into a, into a ditch because if he had stopped, he didn't stop at that moment, he would have died. And he said, here's the conversation the deck did, two Kenyan lads. What has happened to Declan? You know I mean? like, he was scared of me. I never, me I never, I have to fucking check this was out. Was he man. the devil? I think so, I think so. I like the one. So do I, so do I. And he barely bounces along. That's who you That's- are. That's why I've wanted to talk to you. Fucking brilliant. I'm glad about this someone to get out of that. I, I literally... Um, Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it was Sorry, class. Keep going. No, you're grand, you're grand, man. Uh, like, That's who you are. When, <laughs> when I got to that point, like all these lads had been ultra running for ages. Some of them had... This was their second and third time having a stab at this. You know what I mean? And... I, I had no idea because I, I, I always deem everybody as an equal on an equal plane as me, no matter what they are, whether they're the king of whatever or or they're they're cleaning the rooms. Brilliant. It's the it's you're the exact same person to me, and I'm going to treat you the exact same way. And but when when it got to the hundred mile mark, like loads of them stopped at hundred miles. But what does that say? Like it says that they had already made it in their mind that they were going to make it to that, that they were going to make it to 100 miles. Because what, what a weird number out of 200 to stop at stop 100. Point, why stop yeah. at, why, why do I stop at 103, 116, you know? Yes, yes, yes. They had it in their head. Good I'll observation. Get, I'll get to 100. I'll get to 100. And now, it was, it's different for other lads because some of them had, had getting, gotten really bad injuries and they made it to 100. And like, that was like pressing because they didn't want to go home unless they did 100. Yeah. Like Mark's situation was, he ran so quickly 
that he just he, his his knee just blew up before the end. He did about twenty miles where his knee was just in pieces, and but it's it's in the psyche of 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 people that that train for these things that that will train their legs for this thing and they'll train their lungs for it, but they're not training the most important muscle of them all. Yes, and that's in between your ears. Absolutely. And that's for fighting too. What and it's for everything, man. For life, for going down to the shop. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's some people can't get will get such anxiety about thinking about going down to Centra. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Because true. their mind will 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 run away with yeah. itself. And I I've been in those situations before where I was anxious for no reason as well. But I had to think about it, why why I was thinking that, and that's the questions when I was asking the questions I wasn't asking how I was asking why and I'm still asking why now when anything happens why why am I doing this why am I feeling like this because that how because I'm not asking anybody else I'm only asking Conor yeah. O'Keefe and I'm wondering what he's thinking and when that came to the 200 mile race and it get to that point where you know you're 150 160 miles in and you're like oh, I've got 40 miles left to go when I was thinking that I was like you've done 160 now that you've a hundred, now you've forty left to go. You've done one hundred and sixty. You've already done four times, five times that amount. And when it really, really got down to the end, I thought about, and this is such a weird thing to think about, ver- two very similar moments that kind of lets me know how powerful the mind actually is. Right? Is when I was seventeen, I climbed Kilimanjaro, right, and I got very, very, very sick, altitude sickness. Um, before, like coming up to the very last climb, I was getting sick blood and everything. Like there was a guy, there was a, a former Royal Marines commando who was leaving, leading us up and he was like, Connor, you need to start moving or I'm going to take you down the mountain. So I had to keep going and I came up to the top and I was getting sick blood. I was nauseous, banging migraine, headaches, legs were like lead, arms were like lead. When I got to the top, washed away. Your body let it go. Gone. Nothing physically changed. If anything, I was more tired because I had done 200 metres yeah. more than that. But it was my mind that allowed me to let go of all that shit. When I got to the second lap, when I got to the last lap, because it was a looped course, right, for the 200 miles. When I got to the last one and I stepped over the chip scanner for the last time and I stepped over the other side and I was about to do my last ever loop, it was like I was reborn. It was like all the stiff, sore legs. I had blisters and cuts and blood all over my mouth because you're eating so much and your, your, your body's breaking down. Like, you know, it's, it's starting to break itself down. My tongue was in pieces. I had swollen glands. I was headaches. Everything that you could possibly think of was gone wrong. My ha- hands were down so much. Were down that so- my hands were huge. Because the blood, huge blood was all pooling, uh, uh, pooling in there. Huge, like, f- hands were like fucking sausage fingers, and all of that was <laughs> just gone. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was madness. Everything and anything that you could possibly think of, like, oh, it was, it was ridiculous. Like, and I've got arms like a fucking orangutan, and then you got the big, huge, bulbous hands at the end. He had to put wheels on his hands. Yeah. <laughs> I was like Quasimodo there, just going around the last loop. But when I hit the last loop, it was the exact same thing I felt at the top of Kilimanjaro. What I've been trying to do since then, since I put the connections of Killy when I was 17 back in 2008 to when I was 27 doing this was how can I get to do that when I'm not at the end? I'm starting like that. I don't think it's in you. 
I think oh. that's that's there for the reserve. That's probably and some people that doesn't pop. You, that's the thing is like you can it can it can sometimes never come about. But when I did the last loop, I ran nearly the whole thing, even though I was walking most of the last few laps. Yeah. At the things I ran nearly all of it. I was like, let's fucking do it! And I came in, I raised my hands above the air when we were last thing, and I jumped onto the chip scanner for the last end, and I was there. I was like, Phew. and like, where was that energy three laps ago? That was deep in the mitochondria and, it, and your it, muscles. Yeah, deep, that's deep that. Down. There's always that bit. But what I'm what I'm working on now for as I go to do this 32 marathons in 32 days in the 32 counties with the 32 pounds on was when I'm feeling this in the middle of a run, I'm gonna try and tap into this. I've been working on this nearly every single morning. I'm out running. I'm trying to tap into that extra bit, like where I'm trying to get myself into the situations where I feel like shit all the time. And I'm trying to get into that to that mode where, you know, people are like, "How are you doing? You're I'm sleeping for four hours a night. I'm, I'm you know I'm getting out and doing these things. Like I really want to get into that zone. I, I like I I, I want to get in there where it's like you know like people say in the in ultra marathons. I want to enter the pain cave. The foil, I want to yeah, fucking fluff my pillow in that bitch. <laughs> I want to I I lie down in there Absolutely. and I want to move in there. I want to put a home sweet home uh, uh, picture up there. I want to get in there so deep that there's nothing that could ever stop me from doing what I want to do. I know do. exactly what you're talking you about. Know? I know that horrible uncomfortable feeling. Do you and know I what I mean? seek it as well. I Absolutely. seek it. Absolutely. I need it. It's medicine. It's like yeah. medicine. You, you get into that zone and you're like, when I when I when I finished the two hundred miles, it was so strange to think like I'm 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 after getting I was very very hard on myself throughout my whole life. I'm after getting an awful lot more compassionate to myself. The harder I am physically on myself, the better I am mentally, mentally to myself. Yeah. And that's always kind of been the case. But what kind of niggled at me actually, and this is such a weird thing to niggle at yourself at was why was I running the last loop? And three loops ago I was like a zombie. Like what, what? Like how can you? How how can we switch that? How can we get that switch to trigger itself before the end? Like I know when I go to these do these marathons and I get to like kilometer forty one, there's one kilometer left. I'm gonna I'm gonna be like you know on top of the world. We got one k left and then we and then we're back into recovery for the next day for the next marathon. I want to be able to get to the stage where I'm fostering that at at at, at I can call upon it at any time. What's after that, though? What's after it? What's after like, what, it? What if you if you hit that and say the hundred and fiftieth mile? Do you think that the deep it, the, that's like the the reserve, the net, or your, your second wind, or your, that's probably your eleventh wind at that stage? You know what I mean? I think is that, it still there then? I think it's um, it's something. It's an energy that I build within myself because when I stopped asking people and I stopped looking to the world for things and I started to look inside of myself for things I feel like I'm creating my own energy here it's like I, I run fasted a lot I run fasted like I do half marathons I do 30 kilometre runs and I'll have a glass of water and a cup of coffee and I'll head off and I'll just fucking run sometimes sometimes I'll go Paddy like and I'll be like oh, I'll do 20k and I'll come home fucking 38 or 9 kilometres later because I'll just get out there and I'll get into this zone you know where I'm just like it's not even me anymore yes. it's just my body is operating independently of itself it sounds very weird and, and no, something amazing. like it's something like that I would like that I when I'm here if I if I was hearing this before any of this I'd be like he's talking shit he's like, a you know what I mean this guy's absolutely yeah. fucking mental and I yeah, am but you bit. understand it because you've been in it absolutely so what you're doing now so um, yeah. 32 
Yeah. I love the way you picked 32 as well, not yeah. 26. Not 26. Oh, man. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's the it's it's the whole country, baby. You know what I mean? It's yeah. the whole country. So you're going to do 32 marathons. In 32 in days. 32 days, we're in 32 kilo. 32 pounds. 32 pounds. 32 kilo, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, Fuck, Paddy said kilo. The, the idea was like... Well, that would be me, the kilo would be nearly... What? Like, the kilo would be nearly me. Yeah, yeah, yeah 32 kilos is a lot. Like, yeah. um, I, I basically was like, when I finished up the 200 miles, like, there was an awful... Like, I've learned to reflect on lots of things now, do you know what I mean? And, and, and think things through. And I raised money, I raised over five grand for Pieta House doing that, doing the 200 miles. And what I kind of thought about the 200 miles was, the 200 miles was this guy running for a long time. Very good. That's class. What I wanted was, I wanted something that was going to do two things. It was going to bring the whole country together. That's where the 32 marathons, 32 days, the 32 counties came from. And I sat on that for a while. I was like, I'm going to do 32 marathons and 32 days and 32 counties. And that's it. And then I said, no, there has to be another element to this. I wanted to bring it into the mental health aspect. And that's where the weight came from. Because when I was in that time, those times when I'd be waking up in the morning, I'd be hanging, my, my, I'd still have my shoes on inside my bed and I'd be in bits. And then the, the day I'd have this, I'd have this heaviness. I'd have this, it was like crushing down on my shoulders. I'd be sitting down and I'd be like, and my mom be like, you're right. And I'm like, I'm grand. And I'd be there. That crushing weight is gone now for me you know what I mean I've sat down with my demons I'd be inside in fact and cost a coffee with my demons there how are you doing <laughs> right? you on, boys. pull up a chair there buddy do you know what I mean I fucking love this lad and I, I I'd have the I'd have the, the, the those chats with them and then I'd be like that's it Grant I'll see you later bang you're gone and then when I got all those off the mental weight was shifted so much that I didn't have that anymore so what I wanted to do was I'm going to physically put that weight on because that's what this running is, is the physical manifestation of this journey in my mind. So I said, I put the weight back on and I'm going to lose a pound every marathon. So what that symbolizing is as I go through this journey and as I pass through people's lives and through people's hometowns and I go through the country that I'm shifting the weight, but everybody else is. So when I go, to, when I go through Dublin, I'm starting on the capital, Absolutely. I'm going starting up here on the 1st of April and I lose the pound at the end of it when I finish up in Swords because I'm starting in Tala of and course. I'm going up, starting up, up the road, 500 metres, Pieta House head office. Is this where you're starting? Yeah. If you, I'm starting. This, this day, I will, I will be there that day. 100%, 100%, off, 100% right? yeah. I will promise you, yeah. yeah. 100%. If you get me that the 1st of April, yeah. even though it's April Fool, so don't mess with me. I, I'm not, I'm, not, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. the biggest fucking fool in Ireland, yeah, I swear to God, saying, no, but April I will. Fools will be like, right, yeah, right. yeah, right, I'm not doing it. <laughs> um, but, uh, when I finish that and I finish up in swords and I throw that pound off I, I, I hope that everybody that in, du in Dublin that's following my journey is losing that pound as well Dead. and that I'm sharing that across the board and that to me man like I'm actually getting a bit of kind of like, like caught up now it's like that to me is what this is all about Absolutely. when I'm going through these things and I've gotten to this point where I'm okay with, with myself. I'm okay with Conor O'Keefe. Like, I can wake up in the morning, I'm brushing my teeth and I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, I like this guy. If you, know? you let your light shine, Conor, up subconsciously, you give people the permission to let their shine. Absolutely. And that's what happens. Absolutely. Right? Unless it's looking around for everybody else's yeah. light, we let our own light shine and then everyone else lets their shine. That's Absolutely. You build everyone people, up. How do people, because listen, across the country, you see this man, give him food, give him board, yeah. look after him, cheer him on because... Yeah. He's going out and fighting something that 
a lot of us deal with it, no matter who we are, and the idea is our own government don't really give a fuck about it. Let's be out straight. They don't care about it because when it comes to their door, they have all the resources to deal with it. Absolutely. Where yeah. There's times now where people are going to A&E and, and they're saying, like, like I feel like committing suicide. And they're like, no, nah, well, you're not serious enough. Go home. And that's yeah. literally happening in their country at the moment. And people don't, don't believe it. I send articles to people outside their country and they are shocked. They only, If it didn't come from me, they wouldn't believe it. Mm. And they, they, they're talking about something going on in their country. And I say, yeah, well, yeah. check how bad it is here. And I send this. No, not as in, like, look how bad we are. Yeah. But the idea of getting a perspective from the outside. Yeah. You're taking on a fight here. That's a big fight. So make sure you get out and support Connor. If if he's starting in your town, um, how can people get the idea of how can they donate to your GoFundMe for the PA the house? Yeah, my my I donate is is on my Instagram page, C O'Keefe, and I, I hope, hope tag Absolutely, this or so we're gonna yeah. tag this shit out at me. Yeah, we're gonna you're gonna send us videos while you're on it. Yeah, you're gonna be like, absolutely, I'm talking to no shame boys. Yeah. I'm out here and yeah. so we go in. Hundred percent, absolutely. 100%. And we will share this through. We will. Do you yeah, know what? and they can get can get in touch there, and everything is is going to be put through there. And yeah. ConorO'Keefe.com as well. I have a website as well, but I'm not using it. No one uses websites anymore. No one fucking uses websites anymore. Do you know what I mean? So that was no shame. But Declan Moffat from Glenmeadie. Cheers, brother. So, the start of the race, where does the bell Declan go? Not at the back. With all the humble amateur athletes dressed up as restaurants and werewolves. No, Declan has a chance of winning the fucking thing. So, he elbows his way down to the front and he stands there, stomach against the ticker tape, shoulder to shoulder with all the boys from Somalia and Kenya. Declan Moffat, Glenn and Maddie, the best you know. <laughs> Jesus, there isn't a pick on you. <laughs> Will you have a ham sandwich? Huh? Are we going past the chipper or what? <laughs> They're all there in their sleek Adidas outfits, singlets, shiny shorts, and trainers with spikes in them. Declan is there in a Saw Doctor's t shirt. <laughs> He has the sleeves torn off for aerodynamic purposes by... Now, the race starts. He said that he was able to keep up with them for the first four miles. Now, now that's an achievement. Because those fellas don't hang around. They just go... It's like they're made out of gazelles. They just... And Brendan there. After four miles, he said he got so tired that he wasn't able to slow down. He said that if he didn't come to an abrupt stop, he was going to die. So, rather than kind of stand to one side and to be seen like a bit of a fool, he spotted a ditch. Right? And he very suddenly and dramatically just veered off course and leapt into it without a word of explanation to his fellow athletes. <laughs> what has happened to Dickon? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He was scaring me. <laughs> me too. Me too. Was he the devil? I don't know. Don't you? I like to run. So do I. So do I.
that. Let's go to have that bit of kind of lunacy in your life.